Hey, Emily. Hey, Stephanie. You uh, want to do a podcast? Absolutely. Welcome to Cycle Chats, a podcast to destigmatize what it means to be a woman. This is episode 24, The Power to Reinvent. Today, we get straight to the point as we talk to the author of Choose Happy, Find Your Flow, and founder of The Power to Reinvent. She's a no-nonsense psychologist helping people realize their potential and live a bold, fulfilling life with flow. The walker of talks and a practice what she preaches type of gal, Sarah Gregg. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. We're, We're so, so excited. excited. Oh, Jinx, you owe we me did a, it. a Coke. I don't know. Whatever, whatever you want. Whatever it is, a coffee. A coffee. You want a coffee? I'll get you a coffee. Perfect. I'm going to tell you, Sarah, writing this opening for you was so hard because there are so many wonderful things that you do. Can you just tell us a little bit about some of these, like choose happy, find your flow, the founder of the power to reinvent. What are all of these lovely things? And how did you get into them? Great question. So to answer that, I guess we've kind of got to like pedal back in time, like come with me on my time machine back to kind of 2016, where life definitely didn't feel happy, fulfilled or in flow. I had ticked like life's boxes. You know, I'd done kind of what everyone expected me to do, followed the blueprint of success. And I felt really deeply unfulfilled with my life. And it was almost like this secret shame because everything looked good on the outside. You know, I had built like a shiny life that on the surface, you know, if you were to drive up kind of like and have a look at my house and, you know, I had a really good job and I'd worked very, very hard for those things because I ultimately believed that it would bring me happiness and fulfillment And actually, I felt really empty. And what I realized was that the sacrifice that I had kind of made, and I guess wanting to prove myself to be worthy enough of love and belonging was that I lost myself in the process. So I didn't really understand who I was as a person, what I liked to to do, what I wanted to do with my life. And I felt like I was living this life that others expected me to, the one that I really felt like I should do this. And I think what made it a little bit harder, like the second arrow was that I was a psychologist, you know, and I have a background in this field and I wasn't coping. So I have 10 years experience working as a coach or a business coach at that stage. I was working um, as a business coach for a large university and I really didn't know what to do. It was like I was running on the treadmill. I knew I had to get off and I, I didn't know how to. So I hit kind of like, you know, the big emergency stop red button on your treadmill. And I just kind of threw myself like off the script and I quit my job. I sold my house. I sold all of my stuff, literally everything like knives, forks plates, pictures, like you name it, it went. And myself and my husband got on a plane with our laptops and one backpack with kind of a dream of something more like a vision for our lives that there had to be a better way to live and that if all of this stuff material stuff which I feel very privileged to have I've got to recognize that you know from a position of privilege but if that wasn't making me happy then it was worthless in my opinion it was totally worthless 
And that really started my journey. So find your flow, choose happy, the power to reinvent. All were the little seedlings that came from rock bottom foundations. You know, they came from a real place of heart and a real place of pain and a place of trying to rediscover what actually makes us happy in life. And how can we slow down and live from a place of flow? So they started as personal research projects, like for myself. I never, ever thought that they would be shared with the world at that stage. I did not feel equipped to help anyone or guide anyone because my life was just like a hot, it was a mess. Like my emotions were a mess. Everything was messy. And I started an Instagram account. I happened to post the journal system for flow on Instagram and an editor in New York like reached out to me. She worked for a large publishing house and she was like, I think this is a book. Like, would you pitch for a book deal? So I did all that four years ago. So now I'm a published author. I have two books. I still only live out of my backpack. So I travel the world. I've lived in Bali, Thailand, Malaysia, Copenhagen, Portugal. I'm just about to make the move to Taiwan. And I have never felt more happy more free and more in my flow. Oh man. Wow. That was, if that's not inspirational, I honestly don't know what is I'm inspired and that's the podcast. That's it. That's all I needed. Thank you so (laughs) much, Sarah. That's it. That's all we needed from you. What was the breaking point for you? Cause I dream of that. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I'm going to just sell it all and leave. You know, I think people sometimes will use that cadence to like get them through the day, but what actually made you go I'm really going to sell it all and leave. Like I'm done. That's it. I can't do it no more. It started as a joke and that's the truth. We booked a holiday hoping that would kind of fix something. And it was such a long overdue holiday. Like we love to travel and it was our first holiday in, in about three years. And we were like, wow, we are really not prioritizing the right things in life. We are just like workaholics really, you know, we're just working. We're just both approaching burnout we haven't looked after ourselves in the right way and we've done it from a place of like really good intention you know like because we thought well if I work hard and once I have this and once I get that then I can relax slow down and be happy so we had as all great ideas start with like a glass of wine so we were like had some wine and I was like okay let's think outside the box like let's just take like a totally fresh perspective of this what if we downsize what if we live more simply what if we like how can we give ourselves space to figure out life and then it was like yeah why don't we just sell it all and it was like ha ha oh actually and then the next day it was still a good idea it was such an illogical pull like I'm such a logical person you know I I love science I love psychology I felt like it was like my heart just whispering like it's the right thing to do like and that you need to follow this and people sometimes say like like were you not scared like how did you actually it didn't scare me like it felt even though it seemed crazy and my friends like really thought I was having like a midlife crisis but it felt right and I couldn't explain that I just knew it felt more right than following this safe kind of net of just staying in the good job with the nice pension that I really hated like it was just eroding life and it was like we get to live life once and if you're fortunate enough to make choices and you're not constrained heavily within the choices that you make and you can step kind of into those bold leaps and bold moves and have the courage to really explore and become who you are I feel like you have to do that and that it's your duty in a way to do that and then to lift others up as you rise I feel like this is so personal for me right now man let me tell you I'm this close to like hysterically crying 
could be I'm getting my period could also be that I just it's, I'm at that point it started as a joke and now I'm right in the middle and I'm like is it is it a joke anymore is it a really great idea I mean I think it's amazing because I've spoken about this a little bit and Steph and I have had conversations about this idea of the generation that we're in right millennial generation we are starting to change the idea of what it means to have a stable job. We don't want the 401. Yes, we we want them, but we want them in our own way. And because the world isn't offering it to us, because nobody's like, I don't know, gotten their head out of their own butts to be able to see, oh, the world is changing. I think we should probably change how we're doing things to meet this new generation of people. It is scaring people to break off to try new things. So the fact that you did it is amazing. And I, I want more people to try. I want to start, you know, a revolution, if you will, where we are being given the money that we require to live comfortably, to live a life, to not have to worry about retirement. You know, like all of that stuff should just be given because you are a human being. Yes, work hard and all of that. It's important. But if you're not happy, as you're saying, if you're not fulfilled, what kind of life are you living? People should be happy, fulfilled. And then if that makes them happy and fulfilled, that's how they should be making their living. That's so true. And I think really we have to adjust our view of happiness and, and of work for so many reasons. Like I founded the part of reinvent more because it was about reinventing the rules of happiness and success. And I talk about this a little bit in She's Happy, which is it's our hunger for happiness that is destroying our planet and ourselves. You know, we live on a finite planet and yet we're promised kind of like an infinite amount of happiness and that, you know, happiness lies in stuff. And if we just consume more, buy more and, you know, have all those data symbols that that is the sign of a life well lived and we only buy those things and we only work hard and we only make those sacrifices because we believe that we will be rewarded with happiness at the end of it happiness is the ultimate motivation to almost everything that we do if you think of any goal that you do and you peeled it right back to its fundamental core it's because you believe if you do that thing it will make you happier but science and psychology shows us that those things don't make us happier. In fact, they make us unhappier. And I think increasingly we need to make those shifts as a society and break free at a very, very high level. Because when we're happier and we're content, you know, research shows not only does it improve our lives and our health and our sense of fulfillment and our ability to make that signature impact on the world, but we're also kinder, more generous to each other. And I know this sounds like a really kind of like woo-woo utopia, but that that is the research, you know, that is a scientific fact. And I think the more people that we can encourage in some ways to maybe take the road less traveled and maybe trailblaze in a way that then kind of leads a little blueprint for others to do the same, then the better the world has to be. I cannot agree with you more. So I ended up getting into healthcare and I'm about a year into it now. And something I noticed through this was that even if you are in a place where it seems like you don't have anything, your mindset is so critical to how you view your current status, it changes everything. I've talked to women who have such an intense belief in something better that they're like, listen, you know, it's honest work. I don't make a lot, but I love that I'm changing someone's life and I'm grateful every day I can get up and do that. And I watch them like manifest these bigger and better cases, better paying, whatever the case may be. Some of them end up 
uprooting and traveling with the patient because the patient's like, my God, we love you so much. We couldn't live another day without you. And they go and they live with this person to their you know, last breath. I think how we put things into perspective and we stop putting a dollar sign. Yes, money is important to be able to do certain things, but we can't idolize it like it's a God because that's when I think you start to lose yourself. And coming from, I talk about this all the time, coming from a very traditional standpoint, I was raised with that thought of make good money, take care of your family, all these, check all the boxes. And I have for the most part, but like I found myself just being so wildly unhappy, very busy with no time. And I still fight with that. So my question for you would be, where do you start when somebody comes to you and says, I don't know what the hell to do next? I think you start where you are. And I think the first stage always is the acceptance. Because when we wrestle with what is, we lose perspective. So when people come, they'll often say, you know, I feel lost. I feel like something's off. I feel I'm discontent. I'm not feeling fulfilled. I'm just kind of like, I'm out of alignment, you know, I'm, and I don't know where to begin. And of course you want that instant fix, right? You want someone to almost kind of like gaze through their crystal ball and be like, Hey, Stephanie, Hey, Emily, this is your path. And all you have to do is one, two, three, and you're good to go, you know, and, and life in a way doesn't work like that. So I think the first stage is always the acceptance like don't resist what is you are where you are and that's the start of your new chapter and rock bottom sometimes is the best foundations for big dreams and I'm not saying that everything bad happens in your life for a reason sometimes bad things happen and they have no reason and that is just life unfortunately but if you can make something beautiful from that place then you should do it because your story will inspire other people I think the second stage then is really about looking into the possibilities of what can be. I think often we limit ourselves. We think small, you know, we think in logical terms and we limit our possibilities. And I think that the second stage is okay. You know, you don't know where you are. So everything is possible and it's actually a good thing. You know, negative emotions are not bad. Like they feel crappy and they're unpleasant, but actually they are a gift. You know, we have them for a reason because they are a clarifying force that jolts us into action. So if you have the courage to sit in the discomfort of where you are, that's when beautiful things happen. I'm so glad you said that because I think a lot of times people push this toxic positivity where it's like, you have to be happy all the time. Don't think like that. People have it worse than you. And you're like, yeah, I'm aware. Like, I'm not stupid. I wish more people would realize that, no, completely sinking yourself into one extreme or the other is no good. But just like the movie Inside Out, spoilers, if nobody's seen it, joy and sadness, they have to live together. They have to coexist because that's where beautiful things come out of it is that you're sad and then you realize there's hope, there's happiness. I love that. And I think that's such an important part. When you experience life as fully as you are, and that means all kind of like spectrum of emotions, that's where wholeness comes. That's where you bring your whole self. And I think we do live in a world where it's that toxic positivity. And it's also this notion that the universe is a reward-based universe. So in other words, if I think positive, then positive things will happen to me. 
which to a certain extent, yes, that works, but it's not reward-based, it's responsive. So you get that thing because you've taken action towards it. I think we really need to get rid of that message that if I'm a good person and I think happy thoughts and I, I do happy things, then the universe will reward me with something because that's always coming from a place that you're not good enough. Like the universe is there for you no matter what. Like it, it just responds to what you put out but it unconditionally loves you, like regardless of that. It's not a place where you have to earn your time here on the planet by only thinking good thoughts. Like life is messy and it's complicated and it's hard enough without someone telling you that you shouldn't have that thought. Like you have the thought, it's there. Whether you choose to follow that thought is a completely different scenario. And choice is kind of that steering wheel of life. So I think you observe the thought, you look at it, you get the meaning for it, you try not to slide into that rumination, and then you make a choice. Like, is this choice going to steer me in the direction that I like want my life to go? Or is it time for a different one? I have many, many goosebumps over here. Lots of goosebumps, an arm full of them. You said a lot in which I can understand, connect, all of that stuff. And sorry, Steph, I'm speaking for you. No, you're fine. And I totally agree. I mean, I think it's, again, we go back to this mindset. When you can shift how you're viewing the world, you shift out of your own way. And one of the questions Emily wrote down to ask, and I think it's appropriate in this moment, what is the greatest mindset change that you can give yourself? So many. so many but I think the biggest one for me on a on a personal level and for the people that I work with is that you do not have to earn your place in the world and that there is a different way to be happy I think we often follow the formula of like me plus a equals happiness so once I have that then I will be complete you know whether that's the job the success the car the house you know the partner whatever it is and we spend so much time on the journey of life thinking that we're not there yet and really what we're saying to ourselves is I'm not good enough yet. I'm not worthy enough yet. Once I have that, like then that will be enough and I will be worthy of love and belonging. And I think the biggest shift that you can make is really paying attention to enjoying the journey and recognizing that life is more like a timeline. You know, it's like a film strip, like, you know, kind of taking the acting philosophy. That scene doesn't define the whole movie and what is delayed is not denied. And if you can just be in that scene and you can just trust the process and you can pay attention to the choices that you're making, how you're showing up and make those in alignment with the end of of the movie that you want to experience, then I think incredible things happen. So I think giving ourselves permission just to slow down, get off that treadmill and approach life in a different way with like a new perspective I think that's the most transformational thing, you know, looking at that formula for happiness and thinking, am I using that in my life? And secondly, how is that rule that I'm living by creating the results that I'm experiencing? So often when I get people to look at it, they'll see that rule that they are living by is creating the fast paced, busy lifestyle, is creating that hunger and search for more is driving that inner critic to say that you're not good enough and you need to work harder and it's bad for you to have a day off and you've like you've had a lie-in today when you said you were going to do yoga and you're an awful terrible person but you change the rule and you think okay life is like it's a timeline and on today's timeline I'm gonna rest because 
that's what my body is telling me to do. And on a different day, I'm going to show up with full kind of energy. And I think it's like you mentioned the word intuition. I think it's bringing yourself back to like checking in with like, how do I feel? And am I enjoying life? And are the things that I'm doing bringing me some element of joy? That is the magic of life. Like that's what, those are the moments that we live for. And that's what we need to do. And it's hard to do that because it's much easier just to lie down and be like, my life's crappy and this happened to me and it's terrible. It actually takes so much strength to say, this is crappy and this is terrible, but you know what? I've got a little bit of space here where I could create something. And what does that look like? And just sprinkle those little moments of joy and happiness, like where you can, because we deserve to feel them. It's finding the silver lining. That's how I like to live my life. Finding these little moments of joy that therefore spring you forward on your journey. That's what this is about. And it's such an adventure because you don't know where it's going to lead to. Like if I look at, you know, my own personal journey, so much of it was not based on logic. So before I left, I created, like did an exercise where I created different visions kind of for my life because I didn't really know what I wanted. And I kind of talked the start of the episode about like, we want that crystal ball, but we forget that actually our minds are a crystal ball. Like they don't understand the difference between imagination and reality. So a really good way, if you're feeling stuck, it's to create almost like three different versions of your life and really picture and visualize yourself in, in, those lives and then tap into like how does it make me feel and one of the versions that I created was that I was an author it was a childhood dream that I had like since I was 10 but I completely disregarded it and I felt really silly writing it down because I was like I haven't written anything like I don't I'm not a writer and I think if I had shared that with people they would have said the same thing oh it's really difficult you know it's so hard to get a book deal you'll never get published but I think And I truly believe, because I've seen it in my life and the people that I work with, which is when you get to the core of your essence. So when you're in your flow and it's like in those moments, your invisible essence is in its purest form. You're completely you doing what you're good at, what you were kind of like you were meant to do is my belief. Magical things happen. So that publisher finding me doesn't make sense on paper. Like it doesn't, it didn't follow that traditional route, but I think that's what happens when you're willing to kind of like live a little bit unscripted and follow your passions. And you just don't know who's going to listen to the show. You know, you don't know you're making all these distant connections that are kind of like forming their own little reality out there right now that you're not aware of. That is the magic and adventure of life. And that is life. Like that's what people don't, I think, understand is like these moments of well, I don't know, but I'm just going to follow this passion and see where it, that's life. That's living. That is so exciting. Like we have no idea that's life. It's, it's the not knowing, which kind of makes it really exciting. It makes you want to wake up every day and like, all right, it's not going to be the same. Let's give it a go. Yeah. And I think if you listen to any kind of like, quote unquote, successful or inspirational person, you know, if you listen to their stories, they all follow that common theme of, I felt this illogical pull. I didn't know where it was going to get me. You know, I, I took that tape. I, you know, brought my manuscript. I kind of like showed up to something and then synchronicities occur, you know, so the right person at the right time kind of like opens that door for you. And that is magical. You know, that is magical, but 
that is also like smart luck. You know, when you make choices that align in the direction that you want your life to move in and when you have that vision and when you're keeping your kind of like mind open for those possibilities, then that's when those kind of amazing connections happen. Totally. So you keep bringing up this idea of living in flow and I I love that idea. So can you explain more about that? What that means? Like how that came to be? It's such an incredible way to think about life, living it in flow, because I love water. So I I think of the flow of water. Yes. Okay. So this is kind of the easiest way to describe flow because in terms of psychology. So I'm going to kind of reverse the question back and ask you guys, like when you hear the word flow, like what does it mean to you? What words come to mind? What images come to mind? For me, it's water. I think of water. For me, I think of like a wind chime. Nice. So what is it about kind of like the water and the wind chime and the flow? The constant for me, it's just like that constant flow of water. You know, it doesn't know where it's going, but it's doing its own thing. Mm -hmm. Lovely. The wind chime for me is anytime I've ever sat outside and I hear a wind chime, it's like the wind is there, but it's very peaceful and quiet. And sometimes even when it's not, I just always found this sense of like connection with the earth. Like I always felt like it was the earth's way of speaking was that was its breath. Oh, that's really beautiful. Oh, I love that. I love that. So what's really interesting is flow in terms of psychology was first discovered for want of a better word and coined by a Hungarian psychologist called Mihai Csikszentmihalyi back in the 1970s. And what's really interesting about how he discovered it was that it's a very natural and intuitive state. So most people will say water, you know, kind of like the harmony and the flow that comes with it and the connection that it's ease, that it's harmony, that it's serenity, that it's just effortless. And when he discovered that he was actually observing artists at work. So he was in an artist studio, he was watching them paint, and he could observe that these artists were just totally absorbed in the task at hand. You know, they were creating masterpieces, they were creating from like their soul, they were releasing this inner essence, and they weren't distracted. So he noticed that even when a piece of ceiling, you know, fell down beside one of the artists, the artist didn't even flinch. It was just like totally engaged in the moment. I would probably guess that when you and Stephanie are performing in some way that you can't really even remember the performance, like you exit and you're like, it's otherworldly. Not at all. No. Yes. I have have no remembrance of what happens. Yes. Okay. So that is flow and it's called, it's the optimal state of consciousness. And what's really beautiful about flow and the rich research behind it is that it gives us a different way to live. So, you know, rather than being on that treadmill that I described, flow provides a really amazing scientific formula, which we can live by that pulls us more into the ease and harmony that life is naturally meant to be. So we're in harmony with ourselves and alignment with ourselves. And as a result, in harmony with the circumstances that are. What happens when we're in flow is because we're being more authentically ourselves and using our gifts and talents, our productivity increases by up to 500%. So we achieve more in less time. Um, It's healed as a secret to happiness because when we exit flow or live from a place of flow, we are happier as people because we're in this harmony and alignment. So perhaps when you've done some of your best performances, you don't feel happiness in the moment 
but after you exit, you have a kind of like this euphoric rush that comes through you. So when we can understand and recognize our flow, which is very, very much unique to each of us. So what elicits flow for me will not necessarily elicit flow for you. So when we get in touch with our flow and what creates flow for us, it's really when our invisible essence becomes visible, where we're not filtering ourselves. So the sense of self disappears. So when you're on stage or performing, you know, you don't have have that inner critic the voice in your head it's not there it's gone and that's because you're really being fully yourself you're not filtering yourself you're being very authentic so flow is almost like a scientific guide to becoming who we truly are and as we do that we pull ourselves into more harmony so life just becomes easier and the byproduct is happiness and success you know so synchronicities occur when we're in flow and people and opportunities are more likely to arrive in at our time that's a scientific fact we're more productive people have more success generally and they feel better about their lives so Milhai Csikszentmihalyi extended his research not only to interview artists but he interviewed you know sports stars basketball players you know CEOs and they all use the same term I just felt like I was in flow I was in the zone you know I was just I I time disappeared and so cultivating and living from from a place of flow offers a really beautiful alternative um to that fast-paced way of life that gives you the benefits that you were still seeking like the achievements and success because you don't you don't necessarily have to forego those I like that language. To me that's a really easy way to wrap my mind around the idea of achieving happiness. It doesn't seem unattainable. It seems very attainable. It's like the ultimate form of being in the moment. But I feel like when you say in the moment, everyone's like, well, I don't, I don't know what that is. I feel like there's a connotation to it. That's a little bit, it's like difficult, it's like unattainable. But when you say, yeah, you just got to get in your flow that it feels a little bit more digestible. Like, oh, this feels more achievable to me. I love that you brought that up because I think what really attracted me to flow as well was exactly that. The people were like, you need to be more present, more fully present. And I was like, great, but like, how do I do that? And also then what about the future? What I just don't make plans. I don't do anything like, and flow takes a totally different perspective on time. So it's about being fully present in the moment and being intentional with what you do, but also taking those actions that align with the future that you want to have so that life can flow. So there's two types of flow, the the one that you guys experienced in the podcast or, you know, when you're performing, which is a flow state. And then the second type of flow, which Milhai Csikszentmihalyi developed much like later on in his career is called unified flow. And essentially it's when you have a large personally compelling goal from which all smaller goals logically follow and what he argues in his research is that when we do that when we have that large personally compelling goal and we take those small actions each day then we're in harmony with the vision that we have for our life our consciousness is pulled into alignment because thoughts feelings and actions are moving towards that vision that we have whereas often we spend an awful lot of our time in the opposite of flow which is resistance where we have this internal battle and conflict in our head of like oh I really want to do something you know I want to create a podcast you know I want to live my dreams I want to put all this into practice but I don't know how and and so we wrestle and battle with ourselves and we, we don't do anything you know we're neither fully present in the 
moment or taking action towards our future. We're kind of having this war of consciousness in our head, but flow pulls that into alignment, even if it is the smallest step. So if you don't have a lot of time right now, you know, if you're really, really busy, it's amazing the difference, even making like five, 10 minutes for a activity, any activity that is in alignment with the vision that you have for your life. The more you do that, the more you're able to be fully present in the moment whilst taking that aligned action towards your future. And life just flows. It feels easier. I could talk on that all day. That gives me a lot of happiness just talking about it. Speaking of, you are a published author. This we know. Can you tell us a little bit about what your book, Choose Happy, is about? Yeah, so Choose Happy is very different from Find Your Flow. So Find Your Flow is a journal system for flow. It's the world's first journal system for flow. It's all based on proven positive psychology. So it's very, very practical. Choose Happy is like like your best friend by your bedside table. Like when I wrote it, that's what I wanted it to feel like. Like an encouraging, uplifting read that when you definitely don't feel happy and you're feeling a bit low or you've just had a rough day, that you pick it up and you almost exhale just like a big breath and you're like, I'm okay and the world is okay. So Choose Happy looks at happiness through the lens of our past, present and our futures. So these are kind of the different things that can pull us out of happiness, you know, regret or anger from the past, uncertainty over our futures. And it looks at some of the common roadblocks and how we can use psychology just to edge ourselves a little bit closer to happiness. But it does it very much in a way where it's not about the toxic positivity that you just have to choose happy. And it's really, really simple, you know, because let's face it, if it was that simple, we'd all be happier as a nation and a world, which we're not. So it does it just in a way that feels nice and has some really beautiful tips and tricks kind of like wrapped into it. So will you learn anything new in it? Like, I don't know, maybe there's like some like lovely little nuggets there, but it's not about that. It's not anything that's going to be like transcendent meditation or something like you've never heard of. It's not that type of book. So if you're looking for that, do not buy my book, choose happy because you won't get it. It's more just like a lovely, friendly read that helps you understand your emotions and your inner world that has lots of practical strategies to help edge you a little bit closer to happiness. That's so important though. I think people are looking for this like ultimate intense, you know, transformational. And sometimes it's just when you're like, when I'm upset, right? I don't need somebody to sit here and be like, I'm going to break it down for you step by step and we're going to go through and we're going to change everything. I need somebody to just be that friend, to be like, I'm here to listen. May I wipe your tears and may I just drop this tiny little, here's this little thing. Just think about it. No pressure. And I feel that we'd be much better off. And especially coming just from a woman's standpoint, we'd be better off if we stripped away the guilt and just had something easy and fresh and nice. I don't need you to change my life right in this moment. But everybody needs a little reminder that, hey, what you're going through, we've all gone through it and you're okay. It's okay. I love that you said that because that's exactly what it is. I wanted it to feel like just that we're all human to not kind of like be kind of like the monk on the mountain, you know, looking down on everybody just to be like, I'm in the trenches with you. I have really crap days and this is how I describe it. And these are kind of some things to help you make sense of it. You know, and I think that's so important. And the monk on the mountain mindset, I still think while great for some people, pushes the idea that your happy only exists at the end of the journey, not along it. 
Yeah. And I think we can remove the fact that we're human and we're flawed and we have messy, complicated emotions and that anger is normal. Frustration is normal. Like negative emotions need like a PR overhaul because they are so important. And I think we have so much shame and guilt wrapped up in them. Like we feel bad about feeling bad, you know, so not only do we feel bad, but then we have the guilt and the shame, you know, it's like, oh, I feel bad. Oh, now I feel bad if I feel bad. Oh, I shouldn't feel bad. I should feel okay. Rather than just being like, I feel bad. That's not the entirety of my experience. That's not the entirety of who I am. That's not all of me. My anger isn't all of me. You know, my sadness isn't all of me right now, but it's the emotion that's showing up. So how do I best deal with it? Our goal, one of the many, is to make sure that people understand that they're not alone, that these feelings and these emotions are normal. Because I think, especially as women, we are so lonely all the time. And it's only because society has told us that our fellow women, our fellow sisters are our enemy. It's not the way it is. That's just society telling you to feel that way. We're actually, you should all stand together so that we can say, hey, sis, you down? Great. Let me talk to you and I will talk you off that ledge. Yeah. And it's crazy. I think when you share that vulnerability, not only is it liberating for yourself, you know, because you're seen and heard in the world as you are, you know, without that judgment, but also it empowers other people. My relationships now are so different. So we keep talking about women. So I need to know what does women empowerment mean to you? It's a really big question. And I think it means boldness, the permission to really be bold and also to really collaborate as opposed to take things from a place of competition support that woman as well and that we as we rise up that we lift other people with us because often you know like you hear the term kind of like bandied about like yeah women empowerment but women can be really not very nice to each other like you know it can be kind of like catty and fierce and I think again that's just something that we're kind of that we're taught to do we're taught to be in competition with each other so I think for me women empowerment is kind of those bold moves and like a strong connected sisterhood amen to that and then my last question is what advice would you give your 15 year old self I would probably be to worry less I think honestly from a young age I grew up in very kind of like dysfunctional family you know didn't really have like a lot of strong role models around me and felt that pressure I guess to make different choices so that my life could be different from my family which sounds really horrible I love my family but I didn't want to kind of like necessarily make the same choices as they did and I think as a result of that I was a bit of a worrier and I was quite like serious all the time like in my teenage years and and beyond so I think if I was to go back it would just be like it's going to be okay like trust yourself and trust yourself in the process and even now I need to remind myself of that this has been such an absolute pleasure and I am going to buy all your books (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to literally buy them all (laughs) Emily I was literally thinking the same thing you can buy one and I can buy the other and then we can go switch these on it on that note where can people find you and do you have any fun or interesting projects coming up that we should be aware of so the best place to find me is on Instagram and it's just at the power to reinvent 
and found an interesting project. I have an online course coming out called Find Your Flow Intensive, which is really like a scientific guide to becoming more of who you are. So if you're the type of person that feels a little bit lost, a little bit unfulfilled and wants like a blueprint and a structure that's based on science to get to the core of who you are and really find your flow, then that should be available in hopefully the next few weeks. And that's just, you can find out all the information on my website, which is thepowertoreinvent.com. And where can people buy your book? Because I need to know and Stephanie needs to know. If you go to findyourflowthebook.com or choosehappythebook.com, you'll get a list of retailers, but it's available from like Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target. It's available most places. I know what I'm going to do after this, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. This was just, this was just the best. I loved this. So thank you. Thank you to all of our listeners. And we hope you sync up with us next time. 